Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Don Green and Hugh Blue, Green and Blue together. Oh, this is sounds good to me. Yeah, it does. We're we're um this is this this channel we're on is the nonprofit exchange. We have videos that we post on our our site, uh, Center Vision. I took Synergy and Vision and came up with my brand. It's the the synergy of a common vision, and a lot of that inspiration came from reading. Napoleon Hill's work, a lot of different different things. So I'm I'm sitting in the Napoleon Hill Foundation. We're in the bottom part of the Commonwealth of Virginia, almost Tennessee, almost Kentucky. Lovely mountains. Out the win- window, we see the University of Virginia, the Wise Campus, and I understand that you have the lowest student debt ratio or percentage of any college in the country. That's and right. and you teach uh, the laws of success there. But you've been a banker, you've been successful in a business career. We're going to talk to uh, people who are running charities. I prefer the word charity and nonprofit because there's so many people that think we can't use good business principles in a charity. It's really, nonprofit's not a philosophy, it's a tax classification. So this whole series is, is sharing really sound business principles with those who are charged with leading a charity, a synagogue, a church, or association, some sort of organization. Napoleon Hill uh, Foundation, naphill.org, is a 501c3. And I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite impressed with uh, Don Green himself. He's been a very successful in business, done many different things. Um, he's successful in, in running this organization. Um, and he is He's never going to retire. <laughs> you and I decided that earlier today. I'm going to reach across you and get this book. You've, you've re-released Think and Grow Rich um, it, with the original cover, and it says at the top, for men and women who resent poverty. And we have we put on a dumb hat with charities, and we think we can't generate profit. But profit is like putting gas in your car. We got to we got to go somewhere. So I want to ask you a couple of things to share, and then whatever's on your heart. We're speaking to people who are passionate about a vision, and we're compromised in some of the operational pieces. We there's six there's six principles that you will read out of here that are really important in in success principles. And then I, I uh, how do you employ those in the work you do here? I'm sitting in this office. We're sitting at a desk. Um, that actually belonged to Napoleon Hill and was given to Don Green. And here's a picture of Napoleon Hill sitting at this desk. And Don gets to sit at this desk every day. It's personally, personally engraved. And it's, it's lovely oak. And all around us are historic pictures of Napoleon Hill. And we, um, we talked earlier, we dispelled the rumor that Napoleon Hill died broke. He, you've got a certified copy of his will of more than a million dollars, and you got pictures of him in his home in Greenville, South Carolina, where he died, with a picture of Cadillac in the background. So, uh, and somebody said he sold his typewriter for ten dollars. Well, I saw the typewriter in the next room, and um, very shortly um, they're going to open a museum here and have a lot of these things on display. So, keep in touch with that naphill.org, the organization. 
And so we're speaking to people who are passionate about running a 501c3, c6, c10, whatever they're running, a, a charitable organization. So welcome, Don Green. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you, Hugh. I've been involved in uh, charity for a long time. I learned it from my mother at uh, oh. uh, the, uh, uh, of course, the verse out of the Bible says, more blessed to give than receive. And uh, I've tried to practice that, learn from my mother who grew up during the Depression, uh, one of 16 children. But mm-hmm. she's always one out of her way. And, and um, it doesn't always necessarily mean money, but I've been involved in charities. And I've been told people, well, it's not about the money. Well, it is about the money. You try to run an organization. It's a business. Mm-hmm. Take it everywhere you want to. If you've got a household and you only got so much money in, what you do, what you do with that money is determined by how much you get in. You take a certain amount to operate on, but you can't you can't do a lot of things without money. And so handling people's money, where it's donations or how you earn it through what you're doing, it is a business. So it's only it's only uh, it makes sense to use business principle that works. Uh, there's no difference in running this nonprofit uh, than run profit. We deal with books, publications, audios, uh, courses, and material that brings us in money. And we do the same with it if someone had died and left it to us. We take that money for causes that uh, tries to fulfill our mission, which is simply making the world a better place in which to live. And we could not do that. We could not hold seminars all over the world. We could not provide scholarships. We could not publish this material of uh, Napoleon Hill's. If we didn't have money, it takes money to do it. So it's run on good principles. Uh, we uh, think we're good stewards of the money. We can see the effects we've had. And any charity should be able to demonstrate that here's where we made a difference, whether it's a cleaning up a park, providing scholarships, doing medical research. But I can't think of too much of it. At, uh, somewhere along the line, that money ends into it. And it is a it is a business. I mean, for example, is uh, you can't uh, you you can't be involved in lots and lots of things, and uh, and still keep your nonprofit status. Correct. You know, there's a 990 PF you got to file for federal government, and there's a whole list of things down through there uh, that are prohibited, and uh, and uh, and you've got to uh, meet the legal requirements uh, for a uh, uh, 501c3. Uh, 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 nonprofit, and it's important. And no matter where you look at it is, you need people around you who has a business background, whether it be legal, accounting, or, or just just business. You need if you're really going to reach your potential and be a success with a nonprofit. Um, let me interject there. You're you're so right. We we install. We really need to learn and install good business principles. We do have regulations, IRS regulations. And you offer books and seminars, they are related to your mission. And so IRS wants to make sure that our business streams are related. So it's not classified as unrelated business income, and then it becomes taxable. So you're right, you have a, you have a good accountant, you have a good board that has oversight. But there's, there are lots of things that we don't do that we could be and maybe should be doing. And you've practiced in your life, in your business life and other charities, you've practiced these principles and you model um, and influence others. And you're you're telling me at lunch how you've attracted pub- major publishers, major leaders from all over the world because you they understand what you you stand for. 
and you just don't sit behind this desk. You got a phone, you got a car, um, you're everywhere and you're, you're, uh, you're, you're very active. So the principles there, can you highlight there's six and this, this is in the chapter of, uh, desire. Yes. And think and grow rich. Let me point out, we do have this in my series, uh, David Gruder, who's an organizational psychologist. A few weeks ago, I had an interview about the money shadow. And we have this thing that puts pushes money away because we have these, this inherited bias. And, and so I think reading, listening to his interview helps us get our, our financial hat on straight because we actually sometimes repel what we need the most. And money, money is everything if you don't have it because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're trying to do the work for free and you were begging when really social responsibility as a charity is to create more than one stream of revenue. You do have donors, but there's, there's eight. You know, we don't count on them, uh, but yeah. there's no reason you can't, uh, that you can't uh, uh, earn your, earn your money. I know um, a lot of people say is that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, they can't do that or can't do this or whatever, but uh, they follow good business principles. And uh, I mean, what would a little the store the little girl selling lemonade till she gets you know thousands and thousands of customers from just to sit, setting up a simple lemonade stand? That's business practices. She can turn by uh, backpacks for other kids or whatever, but that's charity. But she had a business uh, uh-huh. sense of something what someone wanted, and it would be she would not got a little bit of money if she had set up out there with a cup and says, "I'm buying." students backpacks she might have got a little bit of money but she gave them people something other she gave them lemonade that's a key point you the money is a result of value we, yeah. we give value and what i i see happening with the napoleon hill foundation under your leadership is that you've provided immense value to people and it manifests itself in income and so it, we we give we help people we give them value and it comes back. It, we don't chase the money. We chase the value, but we are very clear about the business principles that attract the money. Am I, am I resonating? You are very, very well because we have to have something other that people wants and be able to pay for it. They want a better life. Uh, and, and they've read these stories of people affected by thinking and rich and for them to acquire the information they're willing to, uh, to pay for it. And the publishers know that. Uh, they know that. He's much more popular today than he was oh, yeah. when he died in 1970 uh-huh. because the principles work. You know, I don't care if you go down through Martin Victor Hanson, Tony Robbins, Billy Ray Cyrus, Steve Harvey, uh, Draymond Johnson, another t- tremendous example. Uh, it's got the uh, uh, program on TV. The, 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 examples is my, the examples are a mile long. And so, I'm thinking, well, you know, if it worked for all them people, why would it not work for me? I mean, you know, that's, that's just, that's almost common sense. Uh, you know, it's, uh, Amen. And, and if we need to make changes, was Einstein has said, doing it, if we're a failure, we're not getting what we want. We keep doing the same thing over and over again, but expect a different result. That's the perfect definition of insanity. You've got to change. And as change starts from within. And it. how we learn that change is with being around other people. One of our good friends whose picture is hanging on my wall over there, Zig Ziglar, said, autograph picture. I did a fundraiser at Christian College. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, he, he would say, and so would Tremendous Jones, who would say things like, if you want to be a winner, said, hang around winners. And said, if you want to be a loser, guess what? It's not hard to figure out. But the thing, again, is it's that per choice. Uh-huh. We can choose whether or not we want to run with people's own drugs or whether we want to run with people 
who's trying to get an education, learn a business trade, or what have you. So we become the average of the people we spend most of our time with. We become the average of the people we spend. That comes from Clement Stone, doesn't it? That before we, uh, it, that we become the average of people we spend most of our time with. It doesn't matter for good people, with good habits or bad people. You know, we become a product of everybody we associate with. You know, I'm not going to be the same person after sitting down and listening to you today, because believe it or not, I'm probably I'm the only one in church, as far as I know, that takes notes. Really? Yeah. If there's anybody else, I've never seen them, and not don't mean to be brag or anything, but uh, but uh, if there's anybody in there don't need to take notes, people would think it would be me, the life I've led. But I don't know when that guy's going to say something or other. I mean, like last Sunday, a wonderful story about the uh, uh, about Abraham's wife being 75 years old, and uh, and she laughed uh, when he told her she'd have a baby. And and the word uh, translates into Isaac, which is the name of their their uh, uh-huh. the son. It's a wonderful story, and and, and you know, and, and of course, that uh, what she was saying basically means ha ha. Now we have changed ha ha to lol in our communications, <laughs> and now we've even went further. We've changed it to a smiley. Uh huh. But that, but that, but I thought, well, <laughs> you know, that's a great story, you know, and uh, and so uh, I got it down. I got it down in my notes, and uh, so. We learn from being around other people. Now, the minister, the Presbyterian minister, Reverend Gap, he's actually a CPA by training, and he thought he had a calling, and he quit working for a big firm, went back to theology schools, and it's obviously he has a passion for what he's doing. And uh, so we we can learn from other we can learn from other people. Well, I've learned from you today. This has been a great uh, day. We went to lunch, and we've had one interview, and this is another one, but. We've teased the people there about these these six. Uh, this is in the desire chapter. So, what? Are, give us the list. Well, of course, he when he did it, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's not just about making money. But he wrote the book Thinking Rich for Men and Women, Millions of Men and Women Living in Poverty, Fear of Poverty. So he, he initially he started that was about money, but this applies to doing anything. He said, fix in your mind the exact what you desire. It's not mer- enough to say I, I want plenty of money. Because plenty of money would be fifty bucks in Africa in a, in a Kenya or someplace or another. Definitely. So, so we have to we have to have a we have to have a different number. Said, well, you know, I want to lose some weight. Well, I mean, is it one pound or forty pound? You know, we have to specify. Yes. We have to be a goal has to be specific. And uh, and he said uh, and he said determine exactly what you're trying to give for money. Well, ah. that's that's pretty simple, or it doesn't have to be money. He said, what do I have to do to lose weight? Well, you know, we know two things. Is one is we've got to Take in less calories. And the other was we can burn both of them up. If we work at both of them, we'll get there quicker. All right. You know, and the same way with our debts, third grade math. If we start taking in more money than we're doing, or we spend less money on what we've been spending, and if we'll do both those things, we'll reach our goals uh, quicker. But uh, define uh, what you want, and what are you going to give for it? What's the next one? Uh, he said, put a date to it. Put a date to it. Yes. Oh my! I said, uh, you know, as we said, someday is not on the calendar. Someday I'm going to go business plan or I'm going to start studying this or I'm going to do that. Some days, look, some days not on the counter. We got today. Yesterday's gone. We may not have tomorrow, but we got today. And today is the day to start. And he, he talks about fourth, talk about courts, set, set up a plan for current out. Now, most everyone waits till they get a perfect plan. As far as I know is there's not a perfect plan. Edison had a plan to create a light bulb, but it wasn't perfect because 10,000 things didn't work. He finally found something that wouldn't burn when electricity was put up to it. He would get a light and it'd blow out. 
And uh, he found something that would last for hours and hours and hours. And of course, now we've got improvement. We have bulbs that last more than a year. Uh, so uh, uh, that was the fourth thing. But then he says to write it down. Because I said, the reason we write things down is, you we make a contract with yourself. You basically say in our writing, and you look at it every day, five times. I used to write mine on the inside of my cars. I wore a suit in the banking business. And if I'm in a red light or uh, eating, waiting on someone or something, I pull them out and say, Gosh, you ain't done nothing about that. You got this and done. You cross it out. And whatever you have constantly have them in front of you written down. To, to Which you put up a marker, get a book published. I still do it today. I start working on it about November or December, what I'm going to accomplish next year. And I keep running ahead of myself. You know, I'm kind of like Mr. Stone was. I probably need, need to live at least be 100 to get everything done. But I still do it. And I did it forever and ever and ever. I used to show them to my wife. And, you, and you're going to have that kind of money? Don't. She said, some reason, I believe you, but don't show nobody. I said, hey, I don't go around showing stuff like this to people. So clear, concise plan is number five. And number six is? Number six is read this statement aloud. Uh, we, we're taught by repetition. And the more we see that thing, it becomes a part of our subconscious. As we demonstrated, our ABCs, we learn them by repeating them. We never, I never got them the first time. I wasn't that smart. I never got thinking Girl Rich the first time. I read it at a real young age, and I still read it because – the book hasn't changed. The principle hasn't changed. But I have changed. I've been exposed to more books. I've been exposed to people like you, people that talk success. And I pick up a little here and a little there. And I remember part of it. I wish I could remember it all. But if I just get one little tidbit that I can use, then I'm a better person. So when I read the material again, is it's the same, but I look at it in a different manner. And so that's important because uh, uh, we uh, – Learn by repeating or ABCs or multiplication tables. And so it's important that we repeat stuff till it becomes a part of our subconscious mind. Absolutely. But you know what? Absolutely. We can repeat good things or bad things. Oh, yes. And, and then, then those things that we do constantly becomes a habit, where it's putting on our shoes or smoking a cigarette. We do them, and, but we have a choice. But we do them till they make habits. And well, in the end, the habits make us. You apply these. Bad. Oh, we do. And we, we give energy to what we think about, don't we? Yes, yes. We um, and um, as James Allen said, that's one of the books that Jim Rohn emphasized, too, is that uh, we don't attract what we need. We attract what we are. Yeah, you'll and, see it on my back shelf. Oh, will you? This set of six things are universal. Doesn't matter what era we live in. Doesn't matter if you're a boomer or millennial. Those apply. And um, you and I have met people and they give us all kinds of excuses, which aren't reasons. There's a difference in excuse. And you said, have you read, uh, you've gone from asking them if they've read Think and Grow Rich to when they read it. Oh, I read it 15 years ago and it didn't work anymore. Well, maybe it's time to reread it. Maybe you've learned something. Maybe you're ready to learn the next thing. Maybe there's something you missed. Now, I've got a good friend who's on the, on my podcast, Ken Courtright. He runs 800 high revenue websites and has several hundred people in his his um, his business, and he uh, he learned from someone, and and he says, I go back, I read read a book, and I outline it. He mentioned this book. I outline things in yellow. Then I go back and read it a couple months later, and I highlight it in a different color. And mm -hmm. I find that I highlight different things because I'm ready to learn the next steps. I've I've always had that habit. When my daughter was away in college, I was constantly sending her books. Of course, I had read them, and I would use a yellow marker or, or put a red star by it or something or other is colorful. And she did not tell me, but she told her mother, she said, uh, 
Daddy don't know how busy I am in school and said, I can't read all them books he does, so I just read what he's underlined. <laughs> so it it accomplished something or another. I've underlined things. I've underlined, and, yeah. And uh, yeah. things are rich because uh, there's lots of little things. Uh, and yeah. this book, too, I've got a little paperback that I keep reading. It's about to fall apart. Yeah. I've also got it on my, my, my iPad Kindle reader, and I, I highlight different things in there. And it's a good resource. And reading that part of Desire every day and reading your goals every day, you're programming your subconscious. Now I'm, I've, I've talked to, um, to Don on the phone. I decided I want to drive down to uh, wise Virginia today. And I, it was wise of me to do that. I'm very impressed with Don and what he's done in his life, but what he's doing now, and he's converting his passion. My other podcast is converting your passion to profit in all of its forms. Profit is money, but it's other you know, what does a man profit if he loses his soul? You know, there's lots of ways that we profit from good works. You are passionate about the mission here. You have a good board. You have a really good staff. You're active here, and you're dialing up people all over the world, um, sharing the new books that you publish on an ongoing basis. Now, share with people running. You run a charity. It's a 501c3. You didn't put on the stupid hat when you came in. You didn't dumb down to the scarcity thinking that so many charities do. We, we have a pity party that we don't have money when we, in fact, are our own worst enemy. So uh, my guess is not only have you used those principles in banking and business in your personal life, but you use those with this foundation, as principles to run this foundation. Oh, yeah. This is uh, people mentioned my Rolodex. Oh, my goodness. I've got two drawers of them, and uh, this is people goes all the way back to banking. So there'll be a card in there on Hugh on Hugh Blue, and say it will say the uh, March uh, uh, March twenty ninth nineteen two thousand seventeen. Hugh interviewed me for a podcast. So in, in let's see, well, I'll be ninety in thirteen years. Um, uh, someone calls and says uh, Hugh Blue's on the phone. Somebody sound like a ninety year old man. I was, I'll pull his card. Oh yeah, Hugh, I remember you. <laughs> I remember you. It impresses people. I don't tell them I'm looking at a card. <laughs> But uh, just a little bit of thing back, and then then all of it comes back to you. And that was one of the things I learned in uh, learning banking because, uh, and it just some things you know just 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 helped. I had a habit of you see stack of cards back there of sending thank you notes in the bank. Uh-huh. I would go to the counter even a quick time and I say, hey, anybody wait on anybody would really sit down. One of the girls said, oh, I said, do you see that old lady come in your car in that bag of uh, money? She said that it was coins. She said she's saving it for a kid to start a college fund for it. And said, I counted it and rolled it on. I don't remember what it was, $148 or something like that. So I said, give me your address. So I go back there and I said, and I thanked her for coming in, opening up a new account, making the deposit. Uh-huh. And so I guess four or five days, they said this lady wanted to call to on the phone. She said, Mr. Green. She said, I've showed everybody. They can't believe I deposited that little money and I got a card from the president of the bank. She said, I have told everybody. See, I couldn't have got that story put in the paper. I couldn't. And and, and I'm sure she probably, she may not know nobody had money. But uh, but for what little I did for the return I got, was unbelievable. I did it with no intention whatsoever. Just other than that, maybe she'll feel good to know that we, we appreciate it. But then she took it from there and did my wow. work for me. But they, but they wow. thousands of stories like that. It's somewhere you do it. Uh, I, for example, uh, I see November it was November. One of the young ladies works to college. She comes out there. Oh, I got to see Mr. Green. I got to see him. And, uh, and she said, "Okay, wait. Let me see what. See what." And she come back and said, "There's a girl out here holding a book." 
and she wants to show it to you. She said, it's one of our books. Well, she come back, and it was uh, a dated November. It was uh, 2001, I believe, yeah, 2001. And, and it was her grandfather had died. And he was an old retired guy, and he worked as he had a hobby with historical society. So I could call Paul and tell Paul, I said, hey, can you find me some stuff on Napoleon Hill, his, his dad or some, the family members? I said, you could share with me. So one day he's in, I gave him a biography, and I wrote in there to Paul and thanked him for his work and all, and I signed it, and I dated it November 8, 1970. So her grandfather had passed away, and he was going through his stuff, and she found that book. That was the happiest young lady you've ever seen. And like I said, that was, uh, uh, that was, probably, it was about 15 years ago when I gave him the book. And, uh, and she's bringing that thing in and showing me. So he said, I didn't expect nothing out of it. I didn't expect nothing out of it. But just things like that's enough to make your day. It is. And I'm on a series now looking at transitions. And you are transition. This foundation was formed by Clement Stone, was it? Well, Clement Stone put up the legal money to do it and uh, working with because he worked, he was he was a uh, he was Napoleon Hill's general manager for ten years, and that's when he done a lot of the radio program, began the publications and so forth, and that's when the nonprofit uh, got started. Was it started in Virginia? No, it started in South Carolina. That's where it was incorporated in South Carolina. Okay. That's where Hill was living at the time. Nineteen sixty-two. I'm sitting in in your office at this lovely desk, and you've got a. Um, probably a 5,000 square foot display in your office. I mean, he's, he's expanding very soon to have the museum and remember to check naphill.org for the resources. You are a worldwide influencer and I'm, I'm impressed with the people that contact you from countries that you would least suspect. And you were telling me about um, women's leadership in Saudi. Yeah. The, the fact is they were the first foreign country that contact us after I, I pub, we published a book with Sharon Lecter, Think and Grow Rich for Women. Yeah. Basically, success stories showing women are a little different. Uh, they have a little different viewpoints. They have a, so a lot of them have a lot of different priorities, but you know, have raised a family and whatever. And she geared it to that to success stories of women. And uh, Saudi a Kingdom of Saudi Arabia was the first foreign country that we did a contract with outside the United States. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And so they sold for the world. So this definite is a purpose and having a plan. And believing in it, you know, we we do program our subconscious mind, which makes things happen. Things happen, and I know just by talking to you today, you do associate, hang around with very successful people, and you compliment them. I would say because you bring a lot, a lot to the table. We're broadcasting this podcast live on Facebook. Greg Reed, hi, Susan, Sharon Lecter, hi, Bob Proctor, <laughs> hi. There's a lot, and Charlie Tremendous Jones. I've only heard his tapes, but he's one Char- of he, Charlie. He connect. He impacted a lot of people. Went, like went to celebration. He bought. He bought hundreds of thousands of our books. And his daughter uh, Tracy's done a tremendous job. I, you know, she's. Uh, I guess she's. I guess she worked for CIA. Charlie always said she worked in a building and had no windows in. But uh, you know, Charlie had a sense of humor. I know them a long time. But Tracy oh, done yeah. a remarkable job. They're very not. They're very good. Oh, yeah. A nonprofit do a lot of good work, and she she's a business person though now. Uh, giving her a compliment, Charlie might have had a more outgoing personality. Tracy's no doubt has a has a business down pat. She's done tremendously well. Our mutual friend Greg Reed is one that connected us, and Greg's been supportive of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and we, we celebrate um, and help empower leaders, and we figured that consultants charge too much money, so we've come in with a you know, way to support charities and, and, a, and a scale that, that is, fits where they are financially and structure-wise. Talk about 
um, this foundation does attract money because you have value to give people. Um, you employ good business principles here, and, and you do get donations. You don't depend on that for your only source of revenue. No, we, we, we get very little. I mean, I've had people like my friend Polly Mickey in Africa call me once and, um, and, and wanted to talk to me. And I had someone with me and couldn't talk, and I told me that to give him my, uh, my assistant, give my cell number. And he called me when I was out walking that evening. And he just said, call me, kept calling Mr. Don, but I listened to his story. I, yeah, I listened. And he said to, uh, and he'd read the books. He just lived out on the street. He started out selling sandals and then went from sandals to men's suits, men's suits to sell drip to his own farmer's school company. And uh, he said, uh, success through PMA with Mr. Stone. I said, yeah, Mr. Stone's our chairman. I said, uh, Paulie, did you know that Mr. Stone, he wrote a couple books? I didn't know that. I said, yeah, he wrote Believe in Achievement, Success System Never Fails. I said, I, I said, you email me your address. I said, I've tried to write it down, but it's not a jury. I know it's a long address. I said, uh, send it to me. And I said, I'll send them to you. Well, I come in the next morning's address on reason why I go to Nigeria. And I sent them to him. And at FedEx, you know, two books, you know, thought it did a good deed. I don't know. I don't even know. I didn't write it down. And I said, two or three weeks, I guess. He called and said he'd been in, uh, he, he distributed his largest distributor of murder drugs in the world. He'd been in North Korea and Vietnam and some places he'd been traveling, I guess, because it was business, I'm sure. And he said, uh, you sent them books like you said. I said, now, Paulie, my mother told me, just say what you're going to do and then do what you said. I said, lots of people can't do that, but I tried to do yeah. say what I'm going to do and then do what I said. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to make you a donation. I said, now, Polly, we accept donations, but we don't solicit donation. Our money's made off our books. He said, I mean, to wire you $100,000. Whoa. He wired me $100,000. Need to give him that bank information. He wired $100,000, and I got a hold of him to thank him, and they invited him to come see me. And he told me he had a daughter who's a lawyer, had married and moved to Berlin, and he comes over occasionally. So he came to visit me, and he said, when I come to visit you, I'll bring you another $150,000, and that will make it a quarter of a million. He gave me another $150,000. And since then, he's given me 10000 or whatever it was. It's, it's over $300,000. But he'll come to see me, just like he'll come to Napoleon Hill Day once a year. And he'll come from Nigeria to come in your world. Napoleon Hill Day lasts a few hours uh, celebrate. And, and like he, I got a note from him. He wanted me to get him a ticket. We have Book Expo. We have a booth Book Expo. Where is Napoleon Hill Day? It's, uh, well, you, we, of course, you know he's born in October. We try to it was usually see at the third uh, a third uh, uh, Monday in October. We don't say it to last one because that's usually Halloween. So it's a third. It's, we've done it about 20 years. Uh, and we've had Charlie Jones speak, uh, Greg Reed, uh, uh, Sharon Lecter, Jim Amos, Chairman of Ups, Troy Cathy founded Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I could go on and on. Uh, Jim Soval. Is that uh, here? Yeah. It's at the Convocation Center. Oh, that's... The public's invited and all the students come in. They check all the Oh, I love Stu that. students in. And the fact is a publisher send give away fifteen hundred books to the kids that attended the high school kids that attended this oh, year. They called me and said, Jim so all your speaker? Yes, sir. Would you care if we send some books? I said, No, the college they'll, they'll handle them. You I'll give you the address. And they send fifteen hundred books for the to give away to the kids. The more I spin with you, the more my jaw hits the ground. You've you are I I tell the people I work with that leaders, first and foremost, you're not the boss. You're the influencer. And you, you had a great story. Somebody asked you if uh, 
if somebody worked worked for you, you said, no, they work with me. We work together. Yeah, You're a very humble spirit, sir. Well, I mean, if if an, I remember I took the bank. The bank was in bad shape. I met with one of the trustees for lunch, and I said, R.O., I would like to give all the employees a raise. I've been there a few months. Oh, gosh, we're, we're broke now. We can't do that. I said, we, he said, we can't afford to. I said, I can't afford not to. Can't afford not I said, to. I told you when I come to work, I said, just a token amount to say we appreciate them. I said, because I'm going to make you a lot of money. And I said, you don't have to give me nothing now, but when we get to making it, I'm not going to have to ask you for money. You're going to be tickled death bad to me. And I kept my word. I kept my word. And, uh, and, and I've always done that. I've never asked for a raise. When we have a meeting, I cover the employees and, and uh, suggest uh, 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 whatever. And uh, I've always did. I mean, you know, like some of the th- simple things, you know, we charge on American Express travel and so forth. And we'll pay for books rather than send a check, sign a check, send it to the CPA, sign it. We'll just put it on American Express and that gives you 30 days. Not that we don't have the money, but just good business. We've got to use their money for, for 30 days. And they give you points. Yes. Points connect into cards. Yep. And I'll look at it when I, I review the bill before she uh, pays it, sends it off for the other signature. I signed in a CPA signs over a certain amount. And we get points and we'll get uh, uh, t- 15, 20 card, $50 cards ever so often. And um, they come dressed to me and whatever you. And whatever you. I never keep those things. It, I, they'll, they'll talk me into sometimes and do it in three ways. Uh-huh. But uh, but I, I use that for kids. And you take a kid going to college, you give him six or eight fifty dollar. Oh my that's goodness! That's a big deal. He can go out to place, take his friends, take his mom and dad out, to, and it's a it's it's just it's just it may seem like one of them little things, but it's so simple to do and it pays such rewards. I, you have lots of things. Um, I could spend weeks here. <laughs> I could just spend weeks looking at all the the great uh, stuff you have here. As we're wrapping to a close on this uh, nonprofit exchange. We, as of at this point in history, we have 11,500 people that are listening and it's growing by 1,500 a month. So by the time, you know, it hits the street, we'll have a few more people and they'll share it with other people. So as we, as we leave this interview, you've given us lots of nuggets to think about. What, um, what's a passing thought sitting in the chair of a person who's in charge of the future? You know, you, you've been part of a transition from the previous organization and I'm guessing you're setting up the transition for the next generation. This is really a, a legacy project for Napoleon Hill, but you've also added the Don Green legacy in, in implementation and organizational development to this. So it's you've added to the legacy of Hill and making sure that it lives on, and it's a worldwide influence. So for people who are sitting out there and they, they feel like they're struggling, what is a word of encouragement for them to – get grounded and reverse that encouragement into hope. Well, the definite purpose is we know is the starting point of all achievement, but I did a fundraising in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur for the, after the Tusami, he lost to 250,000 people. And there was a psychologist there. I spoke, it was about donation. They said they raised a lot of money, but we just simply went to contribute. And uh, somebody served food. It was, it was a big thing. They would, people from the government department of ministry or something that I, don't know, I got introduced to a lot of people. I don't remember because that's been quite a few years ago, but I remember the psychologist, I had a private conversation him or besides him talking was, he said, someone walked up to him and he was talking to someone. And the guy says to the other man says, I understand you lost everything you had, 
He said, no, I still got all my family. See, it's perspective. He could have dwelt on the loss of his car and his house, or he could have been thankful. So, you know, I think it's a frame of mind, but he said something further was. He said he had never treated someone for depression that was heavily involved in a cause for other people. In other words, it's tractor money. I don't care if it's a passion for saving cats, stray dogs, visits to nursing homes. I mean, I know people uh, that uh, my mom never had an idle minute. Dad would be dead 20 years. She died well off, I mean, for standards, uh, 91 years old. And uh, I've handled her estate. She had more than a quarter of a million dollars. And, and, and dad never made more than $14. Yet she sent, she sent $10 and $15. She cooked and baked and whatever. But if I'd be out there, even with she was company, she'd say, I got to make a couple of phone calls. She'd say, Laura, if you had you took your medicine, now when is it you go to the doctor? If you got somebody to talk to, take you to the doctor, because Laura didn't drive. And she's 90 years old, offering to take someone to the doctor. So, uh, you know, we can make a difference in somebody else's life. And mom would, you know, I'm sure she missed my dad because she kept a journal for 20 some years. And every, every journal entry she made, she ended with, I still miss Sid as, as my dad. I still miss Sid. Still, still miss Sid. Where's that card you had? If it's going to happen, I got to do it. Uh, what if it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. Well, yeah. um, Don Green, you're an inspiration. I, I want to encourage people, uh, to people are looking at us on Facebook. Thank you, Grow Rich has been reissued. It's a hardback. It's got the original cover. It says, for men and women who resist poverty. We, um, we've learned a lot today, and there's a lot more to learn. So people can get on your mailing list on your website, and you don't, you don't trash them with stuff. You give them useful stuff, right? That, that's, that's absolutely right. And we've not had nobody dissatisfied. Great. I've never, I've never heard somebody say, you're selling a bunch of junk or whatever because all I got to do is look around. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's not that, it's not that complicated, uh, um, really, but I think it's like a, uh, maintaining our weight. Mm-mm. It's simple to know what to do. It's simple to do. It's simple not to do. And guess what? People chose not to do yes. what needs to be done. Cause most of them, most of them, uh, most of them know, or, or they develop that thing someday or develop, uh, become a victim mentality. You know, I don't care if you use race or sex or, uh, location. I tended to think at guidepost one time and this lady, I didn't know it. She's older than me. Mine said Don Green, Wise, Virginia. Someone's up there talking at a guidepost function. This was in a fancy place in uh, Cleveland that I was invited to. And she said, Wise, Virginia, where is that? And someone's talking. So I said in a low voice, uh, Appalachian Mountains. And she said, y'all have a lot of poverty, don't you? I tried not calling a conversation. I said, yes, ma'am. Why don't somebody do something to help them people? So this guy goes on for 15, 20 minutes. And so I told her, I said, ma'am, I got to tell you this. I don't want to be rude. I said, but I don't know how else to tell you this. I said, uh, I published a little book called Your Greatest Prayer to Prayer to Choose. And I put it on there. I said, for example, a limo picked me up to the airport. We're coming down the streets. We cut off to come downtown Chicago. I mean, downtown Cleveland. I remember going by Indians uh, Stadium um, and, uh, and to where we was, where was going. And I said, I looked and I saw homeless people back under a bridge. But what I'm trying to tell you is we have well-to-do people in all parts of the world. We have poor people in all parts of the world because both riches and poverty are products of our mind. And I said, you can sit through conferences for a week and you ain't, if that sinks in on you, you won't learn that much. You won't learn no more than what I'm telling you, that both poverty and riches are a product of our minds. I said, some people are going to do well in the best of time. 
Some people are going to do bad in, in, in either way, but they have a choice to make a difference in the thing. And I'll give you that old book for leave is wrote by a psychologist. And I personally have sold one book by 200,000 copies. I got a check yesterday for an order of 5,000 copies. And it's a, it's a message is your greatest prayer written by Joe Martin, J. Mark Cohee, and it's just simply our right to choose, like we've been talking about. We choose to read, think, and go rich, or we or we decide to read a trash and, uh, uh, novel, or ever what. But we can make that determination. That's one thing the man gave us is a right to choose. We can choose what we're going to eat. We can choose what we want to travel. We can choose who our friends are, and so forth and so on. But then we have to live with our choices. Tom Green, those are good words to end on. Thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.